But we'll start out uh, this morning uh, with another short Lexio and asking our Lord to really pour uh, his Holy Spirit deep within us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Blessed Mother, we humbly ask that you would take each of us in your arms. We ask that you would wrap us in your mantle. We come to you with great hope as we remember that from his cross, Jesus entrusted you to us. Saying, woman, behold your child. And child, behold your mother. Please help us to know how close you are and how deeply we're loved by you. And please bring us uh, straight to your son. Ask your divine spouse that he would fill our hearts, allowing us to be fully alive in communion with him. And please help us to hear uh, his word, the word of our Heavenly Father directed to us. Uh, through scripture. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and place my finger in the marks of the nails and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Happy are those who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus, we believe in you and hope in you. We praise you and we adore you. Our risen Lord, come through the locked doors of our minds and our hearts. Jesus, we humbly ask, stand before us. You know the doubts that can fill our hearts. Our desire to see you. Our desire to experience your wounds that they are for us. Allow us to hear your voice. As you say, put your finger here. See my hands. Holy Spirit, help us to see the hands of Jesus. To remember the nails that pierced his hands for our sake. Come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and descend on us as tongues of fire. Come, Holy Spirit, and help us to see. Come, Holy Spirit. We don't, don't want to be faithless. 
Come, Holy Spirit, and fill our hearts with trust. Help us to hear the voice of Jesus. Put out your hand. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believe. Come, Holy Spirit, and strengthen our hearts to recognize you present in this place, present in our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. Help us to recognize Jesus present in such a special way here in the Eucharist. Come, Holy Spirit, and help us to call out my Lord and my God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So we'll continue talking this morning uh, about prayer. Uh, elevate Praise Communion, EPC. We're elevating to someone, right? We're elevating to Jesus um, in the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're praising Jesus for all that he does for us. And we're asking for that union with him as we go to him. Um, we hear Jesus saying, come to me. All you who labor and are burdened and I will give you rest. And um, I think um, in prayer, there can be these times where we can turn to our Lord and um, you know, sometimes uh, on, a, on a retreat experience or sometimes in our life, uh, there's just peace. There's just consolations. And that's the, exactly the way uh, that our Lord uh, wants to work with us. Um, and sometimes it's my experience on a retreat that um, it's not consolation that happens immediately, but it's desolations that happen. Uh, it's the things that feel us, uh, cause us to feel separated from our Lord. The things that cause us uh, to feel that distance or the, the fears, the anxieties, the sadness, the frustration. And if that's your experience so far, it's okay. It's, it's normal. Um, our Lord is drawing these things to the surface because that's, this is precisely what he wants to heal within you. Um, if uh, you're anything like me in prayer, um, we can try to open up. We can try to become vulnerable. And asking God to speak to us in our hearts in new ways. And if that's not happening, um, the way that we think that it, that it should happen, we can start to become disappointed and even discouraged. Uh, we can start to be frustrated. You know, maybe God isn't really here. Maybe he um, isn't going to work with me like I see him working with other people. Why is this so hard? Is there something wrong with me? Um, a general principle of the, the spiritual life that we get intellectually, I think each one of us would say, okay, we know the problem isn't with God. So what, what, what's, what, where's the problem? How do we get a read on that? And St. Ignatius can be such a huge help. He says the things that are attacking us are the enemy. And he says the enemy can be um, one or all of three things. First of all, 
Um, I talked yesterday about those wounds that I experienced growing up, and I think all of us could agree, you know, for a little kid uh, growing up, um, uh, it's not his fault, her fault, that we experience the selfishness of the world. And those can cause big wounds, those rejections. Ignatius says, first of all, the enemy is the selfishness of others. And he says, uh, secondly, uh, the enemy is our own selfishness. And all of us uh, have sin. Uh, scripture says the, the, um, the, the righteous man sins seven times a day. All of us are sinful. And uh, we can uh, harbor things, um, selfishness, that causes us uh, to push away from our Lord. And third, the enemy is spiritual attack. And Jesus said uh, many times in the scripture, and it's a part of our faith, it's a dogma, there is the devil, there are demons. And uh, those demons are working on us often, trying to tempt us and doubt our identity as God's sons and daughters. So as these things come up in prayer that cause us to doubt the love of the Father, cause that confusion and the frustration, it helps so much. Knowledge is power, just recognizing, okay, this is the enemy. I can label this. It's not God. This is the enemy. And uh, just to give an example from my own life, I mentioned I was going through uh, IPF, um, uh, the Institute for Priestly Formation. And we had an eight-day retreat, an eight-day silent retreat. Um, uh, has anybody in here ever experienced eight-day silent retreat? Okay, there are some. I had never experienced this before. And um, I was excited, but a little bit daunted, you know, eight days in silence. And so I get there, and I, was, I drove all the way there and listened to St. Therese's autobiography. And, you know, I'm... Uh, ready to go. I'm ready to experience God in new ways. And so my spiritual director, Father Rafferty, says, okay, when you get in um, uh, adoration, just stay there and ask our Lord to speak to you. Don't worry about anything else. Just ask our Lord to speak to you. And so I got in the chapel, and here's adoration. And I said, okay, uh, Jesus... Um, uh, please speak to my heart. And there's just a desire that I had for months leading up to this. I just want to hear Jesus' voice. And I sat there. <laughs> and I sat there. And I didn't experience anything. So I thought. And so... At the end of that hour, just sitting there and not hearing anything, I was a little bit frustrated. And so I'm thinking, is this really, is this really what our Lord wants me to do? I mean, I was doing pretty good when I got into the chapel, you know. Um, 
Uh, isn't it okay just to be at peace with the way life is going, you know, and maybe do some spiritual reading? So I went to talk with Father Rafferty. We had a conference each day. So I'm telling him this, and he says, go back into the chapel and just stay there and ask Jesus to speak to you. And I'm like, fine. (laughs) So I went back into the chapel you know, carrying a little bit of frustration, but okay, God, I'm going to open up to you again. Jesus, please speak to my heart. And I sat there. And I sat there. And I sat there, <laughs> you know. And this frustration really started to build within me. And I'm thinking, God, if you really love me, wouldn't you speak? You know, a little child coming to you, asking you to speak to their hearts, wouldn't you speak to them? And I just experienced this anger. And uh, I told you yesterday, um, uh, when I experienced that rejection and the lies, there's something wrong with me. Um, And that coping mechanism is flight. I was so close to jumping in my car and driving back to Lincoln and saying, Bishop Conley, this whole IPF thing is for the birds. I think I just lost my faith, (laughs) you know. Um, But of course, um, uh, experience had taught me uh, that, that God is more faithful than that. So even though I didn't feel it, you know, I went back to Father Rafferty And he said, let's focus on that frustration. Let's focus on the anger that's there. Why is that there? Why is there so much anger? And what was drawn to the surface is what I mentioned uh, yesterday. Um, Those wounds of growing up and experiencing that rejection. um, It was all being drawn up by our Lord. And he said, just experience that with Jesus inviting him into you, the frustration, just being honest with him. And I saw myself as a, a 12, 13 year old boy. Um, so disgusted with myself for having fallen into sin. And, and I saw myself throwing things. Uh, around uh, the room and breaking mirrors and there was just so much anger. And I saw myself uh, being drawn into the next room um, and um, it still um, affects me as I think about it and just experiencing uh, God the Father um, with his arms open and just um, inviting me to sit with him in that anger. And the anger uh, began to be drawn out as I heard him um, uh, speak, uh, you're my beloved son. In, in you, I'm well pleased. Um, Everything that happens in prayer, 
everything that we experience on these retreats, everything that's drawn to the surface, whether it's consolation, whether it's desolation, um, the consolation is from our Lord. The desolation is from the enemy, but it's things our Lord wants to heal. And we'll talk about uh, desolation and consolations uh, uh, later on. Um, but I remember uh, after that uh, going for a walk. And I went outside and there's these evergreen trees. And um, the tops of the evergreen trees, it was spring and they were bright green. And this new growth. And I just felt this peacefulness and our Lord saying um, uh, that there's a process of growth. If there is too much growth, that would be harmful for the tree. Uh, that growth happens in the perfect way, in God's timing. And healing uh, needed to happen within me first. Uh, Archbishop Anthony Bloom said, on the other side of despair is always encounter. On the other side of those things that are drawn up within us, uh, healing happens and God reveals himself. The problem is not with God, it's with the enemy. And I think um, sometimes there, in prayer there can be the, this spectrum that happens. And as we um, uh, uh, spend time in silence with our Lord, on one side there can be this kind of a, a passivity, a passiveness. And we can say, okay, I'm fairly content with the place that I'm in right now, and so I'm just not going to open myself up and be vulnerable with God. I'm just going to stay here in this place. Which is us trying to control. And on the other side of the spectrum, we can go out on that limb and we can say, Lord, I'm ready to open my heart to you. I'm ready to open my mind to you. I'm going out on this limb and I'm uh, trusting and things don't happen in the way that we think they should in that moment. And we can become frustrated or sad or fearful or however, however it works. It's us trying to control things. The virtues in the middle, not too much, not too little virtues in the middle. The virtue is um, something that we can call uh, active reception. Uh, it's the way Jesus was. With our Father, the way He is eternally with our Father. Uh, it's actively giving, Jesus gave His heart to the Father, but He was willing to receive whatever the Father had for Him. Uh, Father, please take this cup from me, but not my will, yours be done. We hear that echoed in our Blessed Mother. How can this be? Not my will, yours be done. It's actively seeking our Lord and then allowing the Father to respond in his time, in his own way. And there's an art there. Uh, the term that really uh, struck me recently was um, just looking at our heart and saying, okay, what's going on within our heart? 
in our relationship with the Father. Um, the, the word mercenary came to mind. Uh, a mercenary, a soldier who fights as long as they're getting paid for it. I think in our relationship with God, sometimes that's how we can be. Lord, I'll be here with you and I'll do, uh, I'll, I'll follow you completely as long as I'm getting something out of it. It's radically different from a loving heart. A heart of love, Father, uh, let it be done to me according to your will. Uh, the cure is a loving heart. Um, God, look how much you've done for me and continue to do. Uh, this is faith, and there's a, a, an analogy that, that helped me to view um, this way of just being with the Father in prayer. Um, sometimes in those desolations, it can be like we're in darkness. Um, like uh, uh, bef- before the sun rises. We're in this darkness, and we're not exactly sure what way uh, to turn, but we know if we look east, and if we just face that horizon, no matter how dark it is right now, I just face that direction and I stay here, and the sun is going to come up right there. And I know it is, and I have faith that it is. And there's a loving heart uh, in um, our spiritual life in that silence. When we look towards Jesus and we just stay there in that spiritual stance, elevation and praise and communion. And even though I'm not experiencing things the way that I think they should be right now, Jesus, I'm just going to stay facing you in this direction. And I know you're going to speak to my heart in your time and in your way. Um, there was um, an experience that I had um, in ours uh, when I had the chance to go to um, France, the, my deacon year. And um, uh, with St. John Vianney. And St. John Vianney, of course, uh, the, the model of parish priest just had this amazing spiritual life. He experienced his share of struggles. But I remember uh, along that retreat, we had uh, adoration and just experiencing this overwhelming consolation of our Lord. And it was just beautiful. And being in front of this uh, statue of our Blessed Mother that St. John Vianney had prayed about um, and asked our Blessed Mother to give him this image for his parish where they could find the motherhood of Mary and sitting before this statue of Mary and just gazing at it and just this beautiful consolation, this presence of our Blessed Mother there. And it was the, the last evening uh, that we were uh, going to be in ours, and so I went into this basilica, and here's John Vianney's incorrupt body in a glass case. And I mean, it's just an amazing place. And I sat there in the church. And Lord, I'm opening up to you. And I just kind of felt within me, okay, hold on tight. This one's going to be big. And I was like, okay. And so I held on to the pew and, you know, preparing myself. 
and there was nothing. And even more than nothing, it was this darkness that I had never experienced in my life. It was this complete absence of any kind of peace. A complete absence of any kind of goodness. There's nothing. And it didn't last for long. And then just as I had experienced before, it was so subtle. Here's the, the presence of that peace again. And I took that to my spiritual director and he says, it's probably the biggest grace that you've experienced on this retreat. Uh, he said, St. Teresa of Avila said once that God is closer than we think he is. And I think um, that that, um, uh, that closeness is oftentimes what we miss. And so um, uh, in our elevation and moving into praise, I think it's just this, um, uh, we're, we're looking and asking for this awareness of how close God is, um, even in those times where we can't feel him. And St. Francis de Sales talks about how powerful gratitude is in prayer. Um, Praise, gratitude, how powerful that element is in prayer. He says, without gratitude, oftentimes uh, within our hearts, it's like this uh, hot desert wind that's blowing, um, uh, blowing through our hearts. And it just dries everything up. Um, but gratitude, on the other hand, is like this spring rain that begins to fall on our hearts. And it begins to soak into our hearts and the graces that our Lord uh, is working. Um, it causes those to start to come to life, whether it's in consolation or whether it's in desolation. Gratitude is such a powerful place to start. Uh, there's a beautiful uh, psychologist, Dr. Baum, who gave me um, uh, some pointers on gratitude uh, that I find so helpful. And for me, gratitude uh, can sometimes be like a, a light switch. If I feel you know, caught within myself and not able to go to God and not able to find him and being discouraged and why isn't everything happening uh, like, like I think it should, um, gratitude can be like a light switch and it just throws the lights on. Uh, Dr. Baum said, uh, find something in your life that you love. And it could be the smallest thing. Find something that you love and ask yourself two times what it is that you love about that. And so I'll just give you an example uh, from my life. I was able to give my brother a call uh, the other day. Um, And I just really enjoy talking to him. I really enjoy our relationship. So I would ask myself, what is it about that relationship that I love? 
And there's just something very special about a brother. Uh, Something very special uh, about a person that you've spent your whole life with. Uh, Something that's secure there, something that's safe there. And so I ask myself uh, one more time, what is it that I love about that? I think it's just safety. And then when we get to the heart of the gift, um, we're very good, I think, about analyzing uh, the work of the enemy, the fears, the sadness, the anxiety, the frustration. We're very good at talking through that. How, How often do we really spend time with the things that we love, the things from God, and really focusing on that? Uh, and, and really dwelling in that and immersing and giving that life. But when we get to the core of it, asking ourselves, what is it that we loved? And getting to the very heart of that gift, it's then we can turn to Jesus. And it's then we uh, uh, picture his wounds and the way he's poured his life out for us. And we say, finally, Jesus I just wanted to stop and I just wanted to tell you thank you. I'm so grateful that as you poured your life out on your cross for me by name, Jesus, you won the gift of my brother. And you won this grace for me. You wanted me to feel safe and secure in this relationship at this time in my life. This conversation that I had with them, Jesus, you won that for me from your cross. And I just wanted to say thank you. And I think it's that gratitude that starts to make us more and more aware of how our Lord surrounds us um, in, in ways that we often take for granted. And so I'll just um, uh, end with uh, this quote from St. Therese. She said, holiness isn't about climbing a mountain. But it's descending into the valley of humility and gratitude. And so we ask for this grace as we have the luxury of spending time in silence with our Lord. um, Before uh, our mass at 11. Um. We ask that the Holy Spirit would pour into us a a great awareness, a great gratitude, and just becoming more and more aware of how close Jesus is to us, and closer, I think, than we realize most times.